myself again. But it's the only way. Good morning. Welcome to NUFC Matters and announce Mbappe here, Liam. Uh, might be a few years before we're talking like that, eh? Oh, God. It's uh, we're talking about relegations, relegations more likely, isn't it? Oh, God, <laughs> don't say that. Honestly, I have I've been like I've been around, you know, like every Newcastle fan. I'm sitting looking at that league table, hoping that it starts to look better. Um, you know what it's done? It's actually started to look worse. Um, uh, and especially with Leeds winning, um, you know, with, with with a reduced squad, losing two players during the game, you're thinking, oh well, this is a chance. You know, West Ham could go on and win. They go and beat the top four side away from home. And, you know, uh, Watford coming and picking a point up up here, which, you know, wasn't, you know, wasn't a great surprise to me. I've got to be honest, the way we played. Um, And then suddenly Burnley Watford's off. So another game that you're looking at thinking, well, you know, a draw might be a good result in this one. And it's at least it's another game Burnley has played. Now that's off. So Burnley's got all these games in hand. It's it's doom and gloom. I've got to be honest for me. Um, But, you know... uh, there's always a chance. It's it's not mathematically over, but I think we'll have a better idea of our future, Liam, within the next you know the, the, the within the next couple of weeks once we've played Leeds, once we've played Everton, um, and of course Everton sacking Rafa. I mean, you know, he was he was doing a, a job down there, which was was bringing them into the relegation zone. <laughs> I, I just I just genuinely feel that you know I just genuinely feel that you know Duncan Ferguson is going to go in there and he's going to change things because he did when he went in his interim last time, and I think it'll be for the better. So I think it's it's cut and thrust. I think it's between four teams, and I think we'll have a clear idea where we're at in the next uh, in the next couple of weeks. The only consistent thing is that all four of those teams have been rubbish throughout the season. Um, easily the worst four teams in the division. Um, I think. Uh, look, it, it's a really difficult one. I see a lot of a lot of talk on social media. I'm a bit like you, Steve. I'm I'm struggling to see the how we get out of this. Um, because and it isn't just, I do still look at the league table and, and it doesn't look any better, but I look at it and think, you know, win a couple of games and, and it does start to put the pressure on Burnley with all those games piling up. I would much rather us play. I, I'm, I'm happy that game's off, to be honest. But what they need to do to put the pressure on is go and win at Leeds. They have to go and win at Leeds. They have to start putting a, putting a little gap together. So Burnley might be fine having four four games in hand. If we're only a point ahead of them, or I'm on the same points, then it's shot to nothing, four games at it. Whereas if we've got a four or five point lead on them, I'd much rather be in our position and them have the four games in, because then the pressure's on. The pressure's on for mm. them. There's no pressure at the minute for Burnley. problem with Burnley is they've probably got the smallest um, smallest squad in the Premier League. Um, they're struggling. They're scrabbling about a little bit. Um you could argue Newcastle have taken one of their better players. Um, not their best player, but one of their better ones. Um, Watford, look as though the signings they made rejuvenated them. I thought the left-back was a good player, making his debut. He came on, he thought he was excellent, actually. Um, signing for about three and a half million. You look at that and think, you know, what, what we scrabbling around for when, when there's players like that, um, mm-hmm. kicking around for such small fees. Um, I thought, but I do think they were there for the taking. I think it wasn't good enough. I think one shot on on target in a whole game against a team in a game you've got to win at home against a team uh, around you isn't good enough. It's nowhere near good enough. Newcastle didn't do enough to win. I, I see a lot of there's a lot of anger on social media towards anybody who seems remotely remotely. I've avoided it. Yeah. Well, well, what I see is I see I see a fan base struggling with itself. I see it. I see it. Wanting to criticise and analyse, but not being allowed to by a certain section of fans who want to jump down people's throats. I'm not saying, look, I'll tell you my opinion and I'll put myself out there for the Wolves and anybody can go at me. I don't think the 10 games Eddie Howe's been in charge have been good enough. I think one win in 10 games for any new manager under any circumstance is not good enough. It isn't. It isn't really any better than what went before. I see. I'm not daft. I see the changes. I see the adaptations that have been made. <clears throat> I didn't see any against Watford, and I certainly didn't see any against Cambridge. 
That's my biggest concern. I would say up to the Cambridge game, I could see lots of reasons to think Newcastle United would get out of this. The last week, that eight-day period had me dealt with everything that I'd learned in the previous two months to that. It really did. And, and I think it's okay to say that. That's not me saying I want rid of Eddie Howe. It is not, he cannot be immune from criticism. So I'll ha- there's a lot of people who will then throw this argument, which is what people, I see it on social media. They say, yeah, but the team wasn't coached for two and a half years. He's trying to turn around a juggernaut. What about Dean Smith? Was Dean Smith not got into a situation with arguably a much worse squad, worse squad at Norwich? They won two games. He's won two games in the same period. Eddie Howe's won one. For me, that's not good enough. And it's okay as a fan to say that's not good enough. It's not acceptable. He even says it himself. To listen to him in, in the press match and um, post-match press conference on Saturday, he said this result was particularly damaging and wasn't good enough. He accepts that himself. So I don't know why people have got to be so um, antagonistic when anybody decides to criticise. The man is criticising himself. The man understands himself this isn't good enough. He, I think he expected he'd be able to do more with what he's done. And I always go back to this. And, and anybody can say he has had a really tough run of fixtures. They've played a lot of top six teams over that run in December. But they've played, they've played Norwich, Brentford, Cambridge um, and Watford at home, at St. James's Park in those 10 games, not beating any of them. That's not good enough. And if that consist, if that if that's consistent for any length of time heading forward into February, you're castinated or doomed. And they're not even going to go down with a fight if all it can do is, is muster draws in must-win games. That's not how you steal. The benefit and the positive of all of this, as I've said before, is the teams around them are equally as bad, really bad. And I think Newcastle can get out of it. But unless they take control of their own situation and their own destiny by going and picking, putting, putting three points on the board in any given game, they're not going to get out of this. They look like a team who's lost the ability to win a game. I've talked about this at the start of the season. I got criticised on here for it as well. Crisis of confidence. The confidence is shot to bits. Now, I would argue... There isn't a, a massive amount of uh, quality in this team. There isn't. There are big holes in this team. There are issues with... I think there's an issue with the system as well, personally. I don't think it's working. I think the isolation of Callum Wilson um, previous to his injury was stark. That isolation of Chris Wood, who's a less mobile centre-forward, was even worse on Saturday. So this idea that, oh, we're going to have Longstaff and Joe Linton breaking from midfield, they both were defensive midfielders alongside John Joe Shelby. There was no difference to playing three sitters there on Saturday. There was no support for the centre-forward. And then you have the two wide players who are a million miles away from Wood. It didn't work, and it isn't working. So I would say that it's it's absolutely fair to say, do I think Eddie Howe should be sacked or should go or anything ridiculous like that? No, I don't. Not at all. I've liked him. I think he's a really good talker. He's, he, you can see after the game, he picks out the points and sees the issues. He finds the issues quite easily. Can he change them? That's the next thing. He's, it's okay seeing all of these issues, but they've got to be able to change them. I think there's a problem within the players. I think there's an issue there. I think for all this has been an amazingly transformative experience, the takeover for everybody and everything around Newcastle United, the product that is on the pitch, and that is the players themselves, are awful. They've been awful since the takeover. Really bad. And previous to that, in the build-up as well, this season as a whole, they've been dreadful as a team. The performances and results have been nowhere near good enough. The worst team in Newcastle United's history. Let's not mess around from this. The worst team in Newcastle United's top flight history. I'll qualify that. It's not It's not even in doubt the results there speak for themselves. So you don't need to have any kind of misguided loyalty to stick up for um, poor managerial decisions, appointments, poor players and, and poor signs, you don't have to stick up for them. You can still be positive about Newcastle United, which I am. I want not more than more than anything Newcastle United to stay in this division. But it's okay to criticise as well. I think it's fair to say the system didn't work on Saturday, didn't work at all. It's fair to say that the game was allowed to drift, which I thought it was after the goal. It got worse. Newcastle got further and further and further back. And there was no change forthcoming from the bench. Could the manager have maybe arrested that decline and made a change, switched the system, 
gone to five, almost maybe bring Jamal Lewis on and just tuck Dummett in and just sure things up a little bit and change the dynamic. Could he have done things like that? I don't know. I'm not qualified. I can see, like Eddie Howe can, I can see all of the issues in that team sitting watching it just like he is. He's the man. I'm not qualified to see how you fix those problems. He is. And I was a little bit disappointed on Saturday that he didn't try and fix those issues, which were quite obvious, I thought, in the second half, that Newcastle United were constantly retreating. It's not as if I even seen a man and his assistant on the touchline screaming at his players to step up or get out or do something different. There was none of that, which actually I thought was a bit passive, in my opinion. I was, I was, I thought it was a very passive, surrender-like performance from Newcastle United that accepted. Everybody in that stadium felt it. You could feel it was tangible, the nerves, as that second half went on, because everybody felt the air of inevitability that Watford were going to come back into this game, but didn't have to be that way. Even with the players low on confidence, it didn't have to be that way. I think things could have been done. But again, I'll qualify this. I don't think they need to change they need to change a manager. I don't think Eddie Howe deserves any huge amount of criticism because he isn't the core problem. He isn't the issue at Newcastle United. The issue goes back years, and we all know what the issues were. Slowly, we're unraveling things. Things are are being fixed behind the scenes. Um the one thing that isn't being fixed is that this team is still awful. It is still the worst team in Newcastle United's top flight history. Um, and it isn't showing any signs of really breaking that. I'm the type when anybody who watches this, even coming off the back of a four-goal defeat at Leicester, I was one of the only people shouting from the rooftops saying, look, there were signs there, actually. They were the better team for certain parts of the game. And, and, and you know, and, and they did dominate possession, even at 2-0 down, and created chances as well. But I'm struggling. I've got to be honest, I'm struggling after the last two games. Anybody knows who watches this programme, I do wear my heart on my sleeve. I'll say what I think. And and I think it's only fair to to level certain criticisms at the manager, even though it's only 10 games. I see certain people saying it's not fair to judge a manager off 10 games, 9 games. And I also get most of that argument. I'm not daft. I get that too. But it also doesn't make them immune from criticism, much much as every player isn't immune from criticism. I thought that was a really poor debut from Chris Wood. That was a really poor debut. Um, I think anybody arguing otherwise probably wasn't watching the right game of football. Um, I think it was it was a challenging one for him. He was isolated. He was cut off up front, really cut off. And it was I felt sorry for him, to be honest, for most of it. But then his bread and butter stuff, which I expect him to be a 10 out of 10 at, is when balls get pinged up to him onto his chest, onto his knee, hold it up, chests the ball straight out for a throw-in. Gives the ball away, one. Won a few headers in the second half, I give him that. It was just a really challenging day for everybody. I thought there was, there was probably only, for me, there was probably only Kieran Trippier stood up above everybody else, head and shoulders, cool and calm in defensive situations, good with his distribution. Um, can get caught defensively, but I think that's always been his game throughout his career. Um, an excellent player, an excellent signing. And, and realistically, I think there's issues in this squad. Um Confidence. I think there's the confidence is the one. I see a lot of people talking about it on social media. Again, I know you don't keep an eye too much on it, Steve, because it does get a bit daft. But people on social media talking about the idea is of has are a lot of these players. I don't think I think they're a good bunch. I think they're a good group of players. I do, um, and I think they've got themselves out of a lot of situations and showing spirit and fight at certain times um, in the last few years. But I think this might be a bridge too far. I think there's a lot of them looking now. They're playing a lot of them now where they've never had this under a Mike Ashley regime because change was never really an option. They always the, the anger was always directed at Ashley and a manager, would be it Steve Bruce or whoever. Um, that blanket's gone. And you're also looking at, at players now who know you probably could have had a 25-man squad. You probably could have had 20, 22 of them looking at each other, sitting on the first day of training, saying... If we, you know, if I just mosey along this season, I'll not get replaced because transform it, transformation and loads of signings in Newcastle doesn't happen and it won't happen. So I'll probably be here next year as long as I don't, I'm not, you know, as long as I'm not too bad. That's gone now because there is a real prospect that you will be gone tomorrow if you're not good enough. And I just don't think a lot of them have taken it too well. I really don't. I think the change from arm around the shoulder take the mickey out of Steve Bruce, has gone to a little bit more discipline under Eddie Howe. And you start to think, has that an impact? Are there certain players who maybe 
haven't stepped up to the plate when they were basically mollycoddled for a long time under Steve Bruce. Even criticising how in that sense. Have too many of the players who are part of this huge decline at Newcastle United had smoke blown up their backsides by the new manager? Has other other have they believed or has how believed the hype? Have have certain players been given too much prominence and belief and and play and built around in this team? Um, people probably know who I'm talking about, but there's been some really bad performances in the last two weeks. Ones that are inexcusable. But what we need is we need a we need a reaction, and that's enough for me looking back. Um, I think we need a reaction. Um, the only way they can react is by going to win at Leeds. And that's not going to be easy because they're a good side. I think one of the the con one of the things I would say about the Leeds game on Saturday is they'll probably score at least they'll definitely score one, possibly score two against us. And it's can we go and get two or three ourselves? Um, we haven't looked like scoring goals for two games now. We haven't looked like scoring goals at all against two very poor sides, two very poor defensive sides as well. Sixteen and a half minutes for your first answer, Liam. Uh, a lot of people have said you've turned in you've turned into Ben Jacobs. <laughs> okay, right. As as always, we try to give some kind of um, we try to give some kind of answers to some of the the stuff flying around. Please bear in mind that this is all uh, answers that Liam is given of his own opinion, and um, he's not misleading anybody here. He never does. That's why we get him on the show. Um, lots of transfer rumors, lots of things flying around, yeah. and lots of people just want answers to, to to questions. You know, so let's just you know let's go through some of the the stuff on Twitter. And um, Lee says, "Do you think the majority of players have acknowledged relegation?" Um, as when, not if scenario. No one is exactly pulling up trees for the course. That's the point you were making to me off air, really. You know, that some of them look as if they just chucked it. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. We're at a point in the we're at a point now where there's a lot of them playing for their careers, really, and, and they haven't at Newcastle United, they haven't been in that position before. And not many of them are stepping up to the plate. I think it's a it's a surprise because I thought they were better than this. Some of them I did. Mm-hmm. Um Look, what I would say as well, and I think Burnley suffer from this in in the same way, is that Newcastle's squad has barely been touched for what nearly two years now, um, apart from this this window. And I think you're looking at squads, and Burnley are the same. That's probably gone a year, if not eighteen months, over the hill. And the level of the Premier League, I think, stepped up significantly in those two years. I think the strength of depth, I think there's better teams, got there's, there's more teams, got better players the further you go down, got better managers, are playing better football, better organised. And I think Newcastle United have been a bit stuck and they're finding out this season that they are some way behind the rest considerably and they need to play catch-up mid-season, which was always going to be a major issue. Um, but I think I, I want to see more. I want to see more from four or five of them there. The four or five who've always been the loudest voices in that dressing room, the four or five who dictated things under Steve Bruce, the four or five now who are some of the biggest paid, most high profile, let's see what you're made of. Mm-hmm. Come on, get any United out of this mess. This is what you're here for. This is the only challenge you should be thinking about now. Get them out of this mess. I'm not seeing it from some of them. Life Goal says, hi Liam, do you think Eddie is having too much say in transfers? Uh, is speculation is true? If speculation is true, bigger clubs generally use a transfer network and have a thread of certain types of players throughout the levels. So if a manager leaves, it's easy for a new one to continue to run things. And Stu Taylor, again on transfers, says we need goals on the side as much as we need new centre backs. Are you confident that both issues can be helped before Leeds? I think it's not just a two pronged issue. You don't control games with strikers and defenders. Doesn't happen, never will happen. You control games with midfielders. That's why your games won and lost for me. And Newcastle United have got a really poor set at the moment that isn't working. Um, I think that, having watched the last two games, has become an increasing priority. We knew it was a priority anyway. I just hope that's maybe... Um, and, and hopefully, if Eddie Howe is having the, the level of say that we think he is, and I don't think that's a bad thing, to be honest. I'm not going to be critical of that. I think it's a good thing that the manager's having a big say because ultimately he's the one who picks a team at this stage. I think moving forward, there needs to be a better model put in place. But again, as I've said on here for months, I just didn't think January was the time for it. I think they just need to get on. We're making sure that this team stays in the division by hook or by crook. Um, and if that means the manager's picking every player that gets signed, well, that's, I'm fine by that as well. Um, but yeah, I think I think there needs to be a better model moving forward. Um, 
But for now, I think how having a decent say is a good thing because ultimately he's the one. Um, he's going to be the man to guide Newcastle United out of this mess or take them down. Um, Legacy Magpie is asking the same question. Are we any closer to getting a striker and a centre-back in for, for the Leeds game? Um, look, I was told, I think I think the Carlos one, in terms of terms and uh, contract and agreement, has been in place for a little while now. Um, but beyond that, it's the fee that's that's the issue. I've seen some talk about suggestions that needs to be a replacement in it, Sevilla, which is totally understandable given that he's one of their their two main centre halves at the football club. So I think um, I think that one could be one that does happen. Um, but I, it's hard to know with any degree of certainty whether it will definitely happen because I was quite confident Botman would happen as well. Um, Given the noises that you hear, and but I'm less confident on that one now. Um, more confident on Carlos. Um, centre forward, I don't think since they've got Chris Wood in, I don't think that's like absolute top priority at the moment. I think it's central defenders who they're really chasing, and I think if they can add a midfielder, that will be another um, priority. They need some legs in that midfield. John Joe Shelby plodding around um, with his marker. I watched him for 20 minutes on Saturday, just consistently. Even when you can when you cast had the ball, he ran around with his marker. Just ran around with his marker in the middle of the park, and I'm look I'm looking at him thinking, that that is like that's criminal, that criminal running around marked deliberately, not even trying to like get away from him, making spaces, dropping into pockets. That's what he's meant to be in there for. Didn't do any of that. An absolute lack of responsibility, and he, he's done exactly the same thing he's done throughout his Newcastle career, Shelby. He's put in a, a set of performances where you start to think, oh, maybe he's switched on again. And then he's put in the last two. He's been shambolic in that midfield. Horrendous. And he's a major problem. He's one of the players I was talking about before who's had smoke blown up his backside by the new manager. To think that all of a sudden he's now going to be the answer is foolish. Foolish of me, foolish of anybody else out there to think that suddenly the penny might drop because it hasn't. And it isn't. It never will. And that goes for other players as well. But we need them. We need them to... Go and prove me wrong. If somehow these words get to you somehow, go and prove me wrong. Please, I want you to, because all I care about is Newcastle United. I want us to stay in this division. I don't want you sitting there picking up your big wages thinking, you'll, oh, I'll be all right in the championship. I was last time. No, don't want you at this football club. That's your attitude. Newcastle need to stay in this division. This is about a brighter future for Fans of old, fans of young, fans, everybody who goes to that football ground, everybody who's associated and has an interest in Newcastle United, this is about unlocking the future. You need to keep this club in the division. And if you do, you'll be heroes because it'll feel like winning a cup final if Newcastle United managed to stay up this year because it feels, to me, so negative um, and so um, obvious that it looks like they're going down that it would be almost a surprise if they didn't. Yeah, I would agree. Craig Wolf says, Hi, both bonus from Saturday was Dummuth, Trippier and Fraser, all solid. Negatives, Lasell and Longstaff. Do you fancy us do you still fancy us to stay up? Also, I think two centre backs and two centre midfielders are still needed to stay up. What do you guys think? Um, yeah, I mean, like all Newcastle fans, as I say, I've looked at that league table constantly over the last couple of days. And the more I look at it, the worse it gets for me, I've got to be honest. And I think we'll know within the next two weeks uh, where our fate lies. I think if we can't beat Leeds and we can't beat Everton, um, we haven't beaten Watford. We've only won one game all year. Um, and, and, you know, Liam pointed out as well, even Norwich have won a couple of games back to back under Dean Smith. So, yeah, I'm starting to have, lean heavily towards, I think we're doomed kind of territory. Um, I do think we need those players, um, but I still think we need it forward. Chris Wood is not going to get us 10 goals to stay up this season. Uh, genuinely not. He might get the odd winner if, if we can get back into the groove of winning games. He's not going to get 10 goals. We need a Loic Remy and we need a now and we need a centre-half who can command the back four who isn't going to make the basic mistakes that uh, some of the incumbents in the centre-half position do at the moment. Liam? I, I would say if they went, as as the, the, the guy who got in touch there said, if they went out and said two centre-halves and two centre-midfielders, I think they'd be in a decent place because that's the core of the side and that's where you control football matches. I do agree with you as well, Steve. If you were to then say somebody else, I think they do need another striker as well because I don't think Wood's got the goals. Um, no. 
I don't. I think he needs it. I think he needs balls in the box and he needs it on a plate. Um, doesn't score. It doesn't score a lot of other goals. But by saying that, I, I still think it was a, a good signing. They needed a centre for that to go and get one, and they went and got one. It was really good, decisive action by the new owners. We need more, and and that's the big problem here. It was never going to be a tweak here, tweak their job, even with the little tweaks. And look, they've made a couple. They've probably bought in the best fullback that they've they've had in the club in a long, long time. And they're no better for it. They've probably put in their two two of their worst performances of the season in terms of, you know, creating chances. And he's a chance creator. Um, I think it's just major problems. Major problems. I just I, look the amount of times they could have seen games out this season. Just see that game out. I think the manager could have helped. I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated because that was that was the game, wasn't it? And I think most yeah. people there will feel the same. <laughs> You know, you've got to go and win that game if you want to stay up. And they didn't. And they never really looked like winning. They never, you know, they were one nil up without really, you know, they shaded the first half, probably slightly the better side. Second half, they weren't. Second half, they barely got out their own 18-yard box. Barely created a chance, barely had a shot. It was quite a pitiful surrender, to be honest, on home turf. And I, and I said that was the first blot on the copybook last week. Um, That was another big blot on the copybook. Because we're now playing games we'll have to win and Eddie House cannot get his team out of that malaise and out of that losing feeling. Cannot get them out of it. That's the job of a manager at the end of the day. A leader is to lead his team. And and unfortunately, he's struggling with it at the minute. Uh, look, I think there's plenty of time to be able to turn it around. But if you can't, if, we're still having, if I'm still on here with you, Steve, having these same conversations in three weeks' time, then I think you may as well just you may as well give up now. Because we mm. will be relegated if we haven't got results, as you say in our first week, the, the Everton game in the first week, um, first the Leeds game, Everton game. I think it's Aston Villa after that as well, who are who are signing players and starting to fly. Um, I think I think we'll be in big trouble, big trouble if yeah. we get results in those games. Danny's asking, do you think we've left it too late to appoint a director of football and a chief executive? Um, he says it's a testing time for the football club. Uh, are we getting closer to any appointments on in either of those positions? You hear your rumours and things like that, but I'll just have to I'll have to bow to the superior words of of George Colton and, and Chris Woff. I read the excellent piece in the Athletic um, talking about the hundred days. It was a really good piece. And, and that talked about things getting closer. I've heard names mentioned. I'd even heard the, the Peter Kenyon one doing the rounds, which Miles Starforth, before my colleague at the Shields Gazette shot down yesterday, I'd heard that rumour um, in the run-up to the Cambridge game that he might be coming in. Surprised is all the same, but you do think there's a there's a name there with a, a decent football exe- executive from the past. Um, I think they, need, they do need people in. It was also mentioned in a 100 Days piece. Anybody who hasn't read it, I would advise you to because it's really informative and, and will give you a good colour of the feel. One thing that was really reiterated in that was that they're almost spinning a million and one plates. They're doing too much. Uh, Jamie Rubin, Amanda Stavey, Meda Gadusi, they're doing too much. They're, they're almost having to micromanage this football club at a time when they need to be fully focused on other things. That doesn't mean there's been any dereliction. By all accounts, they've been working around the clock. And can be commended for that. Really, really positive. But they need people in football positions, executives in football positions. I'm not going to really bother about this director of football thing because I think, again, I think it's a it's about a direction. And at the moment, there is a very clear direction. There is a very clear direction. They need the same players to keep the keep the team up. This is a firefight in six months since they come in. That's all they need to do. They need to keep fighting fires to the summer and hopefully. They're on the right end of a relegation fight. Um, and then you can really start thinking about how we shape um, a transfer um, approach, how we recruitment in terms of the from the youth to the top, how, we, how you shape these things and how you go about your negotiating and your deals. I think that's absolutely fine. It's something that is necessary at Newcastle United. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and, and say it's having a, a massive impact on things at the moment. Because I don't think it is. Okay. A couple of quick ones before I give a shout out to the sponsors. One was from Mark Byers. He says, I won't be able to watch live. He says, uh, have Newcastle got a response to the complaints that they made a few weeks back about the VAR decisions that are going against us? I've not heard anything on that one. Sorry. Sorry and Jimmy Watts says, does Liam think that the loan deals uh, that Newcastle are potentially going to get will be closer to the deadline day? Uh, I've always thought the, be- the the better deals and the more 
likely deals and will improve Newcastle in that last week of the window. Um, mm-hmm. It's just it's just that they've got they've had two games that they have to get points from in the middle of that. So that that's what the rush has been all about. Um, I mean, the, the the pressure comes off for a day off a day a few days after Leeds, to be honest, because Newcastle United don't have another game before now. Then in the end of the the window, and they do have that sort of ten days or so in between the two. Um, so the pressure does come off a little bit in terms of getting people through the door immediately. Um, but I think I think the loan stuff will probably happen. I think they'll definitely use a couple of loan places. Um, one of those could well be a striker, as you mentioned, Steve. Um, but I think I think you'll still I think you'll still probably see. You've had two. I think you'll probably still see at least another three to four players come through the door um, in Newcastle United between now and the thirty first. Okay, a big shout out to our sponsors, Spider VPN. For all your internet security, Google Spider VPN. They come up at the top of the Google search. They can protect your computer and everything on it. Big thank you to you lads, as always. Thanks to skipsandbins.com, telephone 0800 25 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com, website www.skipsandbins.com, easy contract free and pay as you go waste collection. Thanks also to LNG Family Funeral Directors, 01913897245, and to Garden of Healing Dispensary, CBD Hemp and Cannabinoid Specialists, www.thegohd.com. Thanks to Arcot Interiors, who, again, you can find at the top of the Google search list. Uh, they are based on Heaton Road for all your kitchen needs. They are the boys to trust. And thanks to qtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls and Newcastle. And, of course, the guys who run our website, nufcmatters.com. Thanks also to Jab Signature, jabsignature.co.uk for producing our flyers and media arts for producing our videos. If you're a first-time visitor to the channel, hit the Newcastle Legends logo in the bottom right-hand corner and please subscribe. Over 100 new subscribers in the last few days. Uh, just hit the Newcastle Legends logo. We do seven shows a week and a few extra shows to boot. Hit the thumb up below. Over 320 watching at the moment. Uh, 50 odd of you have hit the button already. We could do with the other 300 doing it, please. Uh, hit the thumb up uh, to like the video. Click share to share to your other social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and drop into the comments box to post a question. We will be going through some of the, uh, the points made in the chat in the last half hour. And uh, we're also available as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and the rest. If you want to join the cult, uh, pay for your membership by uh, going to nufcmatters.com or scanning the QR code. Takes you straight to the membership pack, uh, and you will be entered into the monthly draw once you become a member. Well worth joining that. Uh, We gave away two tickets for Brighton uh, last weekend, which was fantastic in the Platinum Club. So a big thank you to John of Q-Tech for that. If you want to come to an event, we've got one coming up, 30th of January, Sunday afternoon with Peter Beardsley. Uh, You'll be on stage with Mick Lowe's. Tickets for that are available available on Groupon and on Woucher. Also on stage will be Super Mac and Gibbo as a little warm-up act. And uh, we... uh, on this show, also support the food bank and UFC fans, foodbank.co.uk. You can make a virtual donation uh, in the match day bucket. Uh, lots of money raised uh, over the last couple of years by us on there. So get yourself onto them. People asking what's in the shop. Well, we've got a few hoodies and T-shirts and cups and pens, you name it. Uh, get yourself onto the website, nufcmatters.com, to find out what we have up for grabs. As for the food bank, this wonderful T-shirt and print is up for grabs. Follow me on Twitter, at Steve Wraith, and uh, you can bid below the photograph that I have pinned at the top of my profile for the Terry Nayshaw T-shirt and print. TerryNayshaw.com is where you can find uh, the guy's work, but uh, well worth popping on uh, to my Twitter and placing a bid for that. All proceeds raised go to the food bank. And... um, I, as you know, do sometimes do true crime. I sometimes do people with an interesting backstory to tell. Delighted yesterday to do this one with the world's strongest man, Tom Stoltman. And um, yes, uh, you know, t- to get an hour with somebody who has, has, has won the ultimate prize in strongman competitions was quite fantastic. I put a, a shout out for you guys to ask your questions. I'm pleased to say that I got through every single one of them. He couldn't have given us any more time. Fantastic uh, guy. Uh, Really, really great story as well. Battles with autism. Uh, To get to be the world's strongest man is is a hell of an achievement. And uh, what a very humble guy. Um, I'm going to put that out on Saturday. 
um, uh, Saturday night. So uh, hit the uh, hit the subscribe button and then hit hit the reminder button for that as well. It's already up there now, but honestly, well worth a watch. And we've also got a, an interview coming up with Andy McNabb, uh, the SAS man who's uh, gone on to write many books. Uh, that will be coming up as well uh, over the next few days. So plenty of content coming up on the channel. Always well worth looking at. And uh, tomorrow night uh, sees the debut of a new show. Jordy's here. Jordy's there. Uh, the guys who you'll recognise from the Retro Show, of course. Uh, George Mitchell, Steve Hasty, Neil Mitchell, Steve Wilkinson and Stu Penman and Al Walid uh, will be joined by me uh, to look over what's going on at the moment. Transfer window, uh, pressure on the manager, um, you name it. We'll be here to take your opinions on NUFC matters. So get yourself onto that new show tomorrow night and spread the word. Okay, uh, let's get into the chat and see what uh, what people have been saying. Tom Dixon, straight in. Any news on Attila Sazali from Turkey, he says? Um, it's not one that I've heard, but I've seen the rumours doing the rounds. I think it will be a, a really solid signing. Um, <clears throat> they are looking for two centre-halves, not just one. I think they've been frustrated massively by the, the Botman situation with the shifting of the goalposts at key moments in negotiations. So it wouldn't surprise me if they do start looking elsewhere. But also, don't be don't be naive enough to think that some of these moves might also be to, to fish out um, you know, pressure and fish out um, clubs to make decisions on, on bids that they've already got in elsewhere. Okay, uh, Tom's also saying anything on Robin Gosens. Of course, that one was uh, heavily linked over the weekend. And Duvan Zapata? Uh, the first one, I think, to no go. The lad's been injured since about um, September or something. I don't think that one's a goer. The second one's an interesting one. I don't think they'll let him go. Um, that would be the thing. But I, I, I do know there's been a reasonably long-standing interest in the player with regards to transfer in the recruitment side. So, might be one to watch. Okay, uh, Cormac Poland says, Liam, you mentioned Sewell from Bayern before Christmas. Haven't heard him mentioned in the whole window. We badly need two centre-backs or we are gone. What's your uh, news on Sewell? Is there anything more on that? Yes, and Newcastle United have, have uh, put a contract off at him and I mentioned that a little while back. These talks had taken place and the player had um, made it known, I think this was back in November, that, that he was interested in signing for the football club. I think it's gone quiet a little bit. I think he's currently in negotiations about a new deal, um, signing a new deal at Bayern. So it could be the case that he's using that leverage um, with that major offer on the table for Newcastle United. There's other clubs interested as well because he's a high-quality centre-half available for, for not not a lot of money. So we'll just have to keep an eye on it. I think there could be a lot of movement and a lot of developments in the next few days. Okay, life goal says here. Here are the lads. Liam, I'm uh, hoping the club steer of uh, spending forty-one million pound on Eden Hazard. Uh, really think he's running on fumes. Is that a genuine name in the mix? I've never heard that one. Again, it was wasn't one that I'd heard, but I did see the rumours myself yesterday from uh, leaking out from Spain about that. It just it it's it's those type of deals that just don't make sense at the moment for Newcastle United. They'll want some kind of um, marquee player in. The Saudis want, want a player that they can put on billboards around the Middle East. That's what they want. Um, Eden Hazard ticks that box. But Eden Hazard probably doesn't come to Newcastle United in the predicament that they find themselves in. So I think I think you will see a deal like that. If Newcastle United still, you will see a deal like that in the summer. But for now, it's going to have to be pragmatism. It's going to have to sort of overrule any idealism from the ownership side of things. Yeah, life goal is the same. What a lot of people are saying that Chris Wood reeks of desperation, valued at five point four million on transfer market before the move. Um, you know, transfer, like I need, I need just need to be very clear about this. I, I, I go mental with any of my writers or anything like that if they ever use transfer market for valuations. It is just plucked out of the air and made up. Don't ever value like Chris Wood was probably worth. He's worth more than five million. He is. There's no doubt. Yeah, about he is. It. There's no doubt. He's about worth it. nowhere near twenty five as well. Um, Somewhere so, in between, probably around about twelve to fifteen. I would have said. Yeah, if you paid twelve million from, you wouldn't have complained. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. Uh, Sutty just says great analysis of the current state of affairs at the club. Liam, he says you're talking sense, and he totally agrees with what uh, yes, with everything you with everything you're saying. Um, Mark Cooper says it's great to be tuning in on my birthday. Missed a lot of live shows because of work. Happy birthday, Mark Cooper. Happy um, birthday, Mark. That's great, mate. Tom saying, is there anything on Diego Costa? We are linked with him this morning. Oh, that's another. It's silly season. 
it's absolute silly season at the moment. But I know he is a player who is available at present, but again, that's just it doesn't make a lot of sense to be honest. So I wouldn't I wouldn't um, be hanging on for that to happen, but I'm happy to be proven wrong. Two more names again that have been linked const- uh, constantly, Lingard and Ramsey. Anything more on those two? I think if Lingard leaves West Ham, uh, leaves <clears throat> Man United, I think he goes to West Ham, as I said last week. I think that's his most likely destination ahead of Newcastle United. And there is interest from Tottenham as well. So I think Newcastle United are down the pecking order on that one. Ramsey, there seems to be a lot of talk around Crystal Palace in, in words that you hear, but there is, a, there is a genuine interest there, I'm led to believe. So... Again, that's another one we'll have to watch. He's recovering from COVID or recently recovered from COVID, so that may have held up any plans for a transfer. So I think I think Ramsey will move somewhere in the final weeks of this window. It's just whether Newcastle United or, or the place he ends up at, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, 1981 says, if we go down, what do you think will happen to players like Trippier and Carlos? I mean, is there any news? I mean, Carlos hasn't signed yet, of course. But is there any news on relegation closes? No, I don't. I think it's all confidential. I think there's a lot of rumour and conjecture. Some saying that there are some, some saying there aren't. Um, I think this, these owners, and I think, I don't know as a fact whether there is or isn't, but what I would say is I think these owners want people who are buying into Newcastle United in the project. They're not wanting people to come in who are immediately going to walk out the door. So it would, in many ways, it would be quite a surprise if there was some kind of immediate relegation clause in these deals. Um, but I do think there'll be caveats in deals whereby people can maybe leave for certain amounts and things like that. They, they, I just, I'm not certain a, a relegation, a strict relegation clause is, is in the terms of what one or what we've seen in the past. I don't think there'll be many of those um, in, in the deals. Just simply from what you hear from the owners, I think the owners really want somebody who buys into the football club. They don't want somebody to come in and, and nick off at the first sign of, of of issues, but by the same token, there's going to be interest. I don't think Kieran Trippier with 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 sort of you know four other you know, right backs fighting for his position is going to be you know going to a World Cup playing in the Championship. I think I think he'll be gone um, in terms of that England squad. So I think that's a difficult decision that he's had to make and will have to make. And there will be lots of interest in him, I'm sure. Um, a Carlos one, I've no idea. Um, I've no idea with that one. I've seen some interesting things. I've seen a lot of people. He looks the part. I've seen a lot of people talk about how um, good he can be, and he plays for a good side. I've also seen people suggesting he's quite he's quite error prone as well, um, mm-hmm. by all accounts. So you just never know. I've seen a really interesting point from I think it was Andy Brassel, um, another journalist, um, much more expertise in European football than me, um, talking about how he thinks it's really difficult to make a transition as a central defender from somewhere like La Liga to, to come to the Premier League mid-season, mid-flow, when things are already hot enough. Um, and that's another another issue. But Newcastle are going to have to roll the dice. If they pick these players and think they're good players, they're going to have to roll the dice and, sit and see where they get with them. But they need at least four. I think they need at least another four players, possibly five. And, and it's, it's going to be difficult to get that many in. But I know they're certainly trying. Okay, um, took 42 minutes, but we finally got somebody asking, and it's Lee Major. Any mileage in Rafa Benitez as director of football? He says, given his last two managerial appointments, I haven't, uh, they haven't been successful. Maybe it's time to move upstairs somewhere. Yeah, no, I can't answer that one. I, I, I don't, I don't, it's a tough one. Maybe one you're probably better off answering, Steve, but with, with your connections and things like that. I've never asked. I've never asked. I, I, look, I haven't been in touch with them for, a, a, you know, at least, a, I would say, a couple of months now. And I I genuinely don't see that happening. I think Rafa still wants to be a manager. Yeah. I can't see it happening, is, is my honest opinion. Um, you know, I, I stand to be corrected. He was the original choice as manager, but would he come as director of football? I don't know. Would Eddie Howe be happy with that? It's so many questions uh, and not not any answers at the moment. Keith Longworth, of course. Happy birthday to Peter Beersley and to Jeff Clark. Those of a certain vintage will remember Jeff Clark was a classic centre-half in the uh, 1983-84 promotion. I know Jeff, yeah. know Jeff reasonably well. He was, he was physio at Dundee United when I worked up there. Um, really good bloke and obviously Peter Beardsley absolute legend 
Okay, Sewell is back on, according to Jan. Uh, Darren says uh, Sewell didn't he release a statement saying he wasn't interested in joining Newcastle. No, I've never seen that at all, Darren. Uh, Darren reckons Sewell, uh, no, what was it? If we got Hazard on loan, he says, uh, maybe not to buy. Yeah, again, I mean, it's it's all interesting. Mark, we did cover Ramsey a little bit earlier. Um, Paul Gibson says, we might as well get Carver and Charlie back. They can help carry uh, carry Wingle uh, carry Alan Shearer's statue into the ground. I think that's. I think it's going to be Wingy, isn't it? Wingy Shearer's statue. I oh, somehow, okay. I somehow, it doesn't sound like any Castle fan. This Paul Gibson, but we'll, we'll have to pass that one by. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it's of course everybody, everyone's got an opinion, and you know, nobody's opinion is right. That that is the thing. Rafa is the past. We need to look forward. In my opinion, says trolls, and uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of people really do want to see you know some kind of change. But I think you know, I think Eddie Howe is here, you know, for the long term. But again, never say never. Uh, Sensei is a solid bet to get in, says Jan. That's a centre half. Yeah, please. He's a fire Um I have heard bits and bobs about him, yeah, and I think it's a deal that can do at a cheaper level. Um, I haven't, I'm not, I'm not going to lie, I haven't seen a lot of the player, um, so I wouldn't know whether he'd be a good fit. But it does seem a one that would be more financially viable and one that could do a little bit quicker and, and at a cheaper cost. Um, so it might be one to turn to, but I don't believe he was very top of the list. Okay, uh, Gabigol was linked a lot at the start of the window, but not heard anything since. Was there any real interest from our end, says Adam? Uh, my, the only thing I'd heard, Adam, was that he was a player who was literally offered around every football club going in hope that because somebody would bite and they would be able to get a deal. So I've never really taken the Gabigol stuff with any degree of um, legitimacy, to be honest. Okay, and uh, he's definitely a Newcastle fan, he says. Why? Just a difference <laughs> of opinions then, Paul. <laughs> Tom Dixon says, Liam, is there any news yet on when we're going to get some out of the exit door? Or is it too early to say? Are we, are we know, close to getting yeah. anyone anyone pushed out? They can't. They're, in, they're not in a position now where they can start binning players off. They, they just can't do that yet. Until they get the players through the door, they'll not be letting people go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Andrew uh, Batten says, do you feel that difficulties we are experiencing in signing players is down to the fees that the clubs are asking or are players reluctant to join because of our league position? Both. And other other factors. Certain players from, from word and agent circles, certain players have looked at the project at Newcastle United and aren't convinced. Certain players of a certain level, they've looked at Eddie Howe unconvinced. They've looked at uh, the league position, they aren't convinced. There's a number of factors fighting against Newcastle United at the moment. You can have all the money in the world, but it's a difficult sell. And the one thing they needed was the manager to help them get out of that situation. The situation's only got worse since Eddie Howe came in in terms of league position and the issues that they find themselves in at the moment and points tally. So they, they, need, they really need the manager to start digging them out of this hole. Okay, uh, Dave uh, Bage, yes, it was great to see you, son. I'm just pity that the game was awful. But yeah, we did rendition him with, with Happy Birthday and he walked away with a signed Malcolm McDonald programme, so he was over the moon with that. Omar says, Eddie Howe is not the man. Trust me, his win ratio is horrendous. If we lose to Leeds, do you think the fans will turn against him? I thought Craig Hope made quite an interesting point, but that was where I seen a lot of the <clears throat> the the anger sort of pointed um, when, he, when he did hint at criticism towards the manager um, but he makes a good point like when does the when does the honeymoon end when does the goodwill which has been an incredible amount of goodwill when does that falter um, I think there's a real nervous there was a real nervousness in the game on Saturday Steve there was it was weird when I was standing outside I was talking to Steve Hasty um, standing having a good crack with him Keith Patterson came along I was standing having a good crack with it with those uh, at the bottom of the Gallagher and um it felt like a cup final outside. There was lads walking along, drinking bottles of beer, daft hats on, flags going everywhere. I was like, God, it's like a it's like a cup final or something. This is like a cup tie. And then got in the ground and it was just, it was tense. It was really tense. But the players have got to be bigger than that. They're well paid. They're, you know, they, they do this. This is their job week in, week out. Pressure is what you live for. What's the point in, in and to use Chris Wood, yeah, what's the point of living in a comfort zone? This is what you are professional footballers for. Harness that and harness it in the right way. Don't just take it on and be nervous and tense yourselves. Go and win a football match. This is what you do with your bread and butter. They're not doing it. They're not doing it. And, and, and 
That's my major concern. It's not a tweak here, a tweak there. It's not a little issue, issue, little issue there. The whole thing looks problematic. It looks a, men a real mental issue that they just can't win football matches. They've got themselves in such a position of malaise, they cannot break it. And even look, and, and the manager's almost, I thought the manager bought into that a little bit with his, his absolute passive nature in the second half, not wanting to change things, not wanting to adjust um, to maybe arrest control back from Watford, who were gaining more and more momentum as the game went on. Yeah, Life Ghost says, do you think Dubravka's on the decline now? Feels like the errors are creeping up while the world-class saves are becoming rarer. And I mean, it didn't go, you know, didn't go past my eagle eye that, you know, we had two keepers on the bench at the weekend. And I mean, I think a lot of that was down to the fact that there was rumours that Dubravka might not have even started. So maybe he's carrying a little bit of an injury and a knock, but the, the feel is if they can't play without him. What I would say on Dubravka, and I've done a lot of thinking this on, on me, myself, a lot of thinking on this, um, he was always a goalkeeper who had errors in him. Um, I remember speaking to um, a couple of people about his time in, in Scandinavia and Eastern Europe, and, and they were surprised by his, his level of consistency when he came to the Premier League because it was almost like something that he'd never produced in his career previously. Um, what I would say is I think he's been a really good goalkeeper for Newcastle United, and I still think he is a good goalkeeper. But the one difference in the last couple of years has been injuries. He's missed a good percentage. He's missed more games than he's probably played in the last two seasons. And the big injuries that he's had, big injuries, one after the other, I think he's sort of, we're seeing the signs of that a little bit now, that he's a goalkeeper who hasn't played a lot, has had big injuries, not little ones. He's not been out with little strains and little things like that. Big ankle injury. And I can't remember the injury previous to that, but it kept him out for a large swathe of the season. And I think we're seeing a goalkeeper who is still recovering, really, from those issues. Um, might not be physically, might feel like he's getting there, but he's still getting back into the swing of things. And he's always been a keeper that has had a bit of a, an error in him. Even when he's at his best, he can make errors. But I still think he's a good goalkeeper, and it's it's not really one that would be top of my list um, this this month to to change. I think I think Dubravka is a good, good goalkeeper. Um, and, and like I say, I, I think you could change... If you put it, if you, it's always the same. If Newcastle's defence looks horrific this season, but if it had a better midfield in front of it, it would probably be much better. And it's the same for a goalkeeper. If he's got better defenders in front of him, he probably looks better himself. So I'm kind of buying into that, that, that I think there's major issues through the whole core of this team. And I think until they get addressed, then I think it's, it's, I'm not going to level blame on players who are good players who maybe haven't been performing. Christopher Meadows says, what's happening with a young player from Reims? Get him signed up. He'll be a fan's favourite. He's got tons of skill and he'll sell on for a fortune in the future. Yeah, there's a lot of clubs interested in him. That's what I would say, Christopher. It isn't just in your Cassie United bid and want. Um, the selling club have um, have a lot of the power in this one. Um, and it might be one. It's definitely one they're really interested in doing, but whether they can do it and whether there aren't other Premier League clubs and other clubs around Europe step in when you cast an bid, then that's another thing. That was the one thing I always said about Sven Botman, that, that if Newcastle had a bit accepted and it was a reasonable price, you would see clubs all over Europe potentially dip in and get that player because he's really highly rated. The thing about Lille is they've just constantly kept putting the price up, so it's outpriced everybody for the player, to be honest. Um We'll wait and see on that one. We'll have to wait. I'm less confident, but we'll have to wait and see on, on a number of these players. And I think Newcastle's targets will shift. As I said at the start of this window, they don't only have to have a plan A, B and C. They're going to have to have D, E, F and more. And to be honest and to be fair to them, they have. They've been agile. They've been reactive. They've moved when they had to. Chris Wood proves that. Um, he wasn't on the original list. He soon came on the list when it became apparent they needed him and they got the deal done. That is agility in the transfer market. And I think we're going to see a little bit more of that in the next few weeks. Uh, John Gandhi says, any thoughts on speculation about Dummett being offered a new deal? 32 <laughs> games in two and a half seasons. Says to me, he doesn't deserve one. That's an absolute fair point, John. Um, what I would say on Dummett is, I think, with this manager in particular, really likes the player and he really likes the character around the place. It would be a real shame to see Paul Dummett leave because I really rate him. I really do rate him. Um, I think he's an excellent player for Newcastle United, but doesn't play enough games, doesn't play enough games at all, and, and makes you question whether he deserves a place in the 25-man squad when you need players. But 
if I was to keep Paul Dummett, I would be quite happy to keep him as a fourth, fifth choice centre half, come left back, can fill in a number of positions, good good quality around the place, uh, top professional, and the rest of it. Um, I would be I would be keen to keep him. I would say of all of the defenders in Newcastle United, I would get rid of most of them before I got rid of Paul Dummett even though he's got a poor injury record, because I would be looking to sign starting centre-half, starting left-back, and I would be quite happy to have Paul Dummett in and around the fringes. Mm -hmm. uh, Willock says he's learning a new role, says Asif. He's clearly been far worse at playing this deeper role. Do you think he would be better suited up behind the striker where he was lethal from? He's never played in that position in, uh, in his career. I see a lot of people talk about, oh, I'll put him in the number 10 role. He's never played that position in his career at all. He's like he's almost like a number eight is what you would call him, really, breaking from midfield. And a lot of the goals that he scored last season were breaking from deep positions. He's just been given a new responsibility in this team um, and hasn't suited it, hasn't played well. Um, you think you think it would suit him, this system? You think he could play that short, long staff role well, but... Joe Willock's uh, body language in particular in the last few weeks has troubled me. I think there's been an issue there. We don't know. You never know these situations, what the issue is. There could be issues away from football. There could be um, there could be issues with his football. You don't know. And I, I, I do think there's a player in there. Whether it's mm -hmm. <laughs> anywhere near the player of last season, I don't know. But I do think there's a player in there. I don't think he's an absolute write-off because I do think there's ability. Mm -hmm. Um but we're not seeing that. We've not seen that since since last summer. Lascelles has been panned by a lot of people. Social media went rife with it. Um, yeah. He didn't have a very good game uh, again at the weekend. I think it's time to strip Lascelles of the captaincy and give it a trivia. As he's the one doing all the organising and shouting on the pitch, says Craig. Well, what I've always said, and I'll say it again on here, is that I didn't expect Jamal Lascelles to be in the team by the end of the window. If Newcastle got everything that they'd done, uh, done that they're hoping to get done. And I think that's when you'll see the captaincy shift. And I, I would really hope it doesn't just shift to John Joe Shelby. I don't think it will. Um, I think Akira and Trippier will probably get the armband um, when everybody's everybody's fit. They get the players in that they want. Um, but again, it's all fantasy football. This or is four transfers between now and the end of the season going to be able to turn around a, a really questionable character that they're showing at the moment? I honestly don't know. Uh, we'll leave the final point to uh, M.O. Donoghue. He says, would it be worth bringing the team to the Dogs Trust for a training session on how to hold on to a lead? <laughs> I like it. I, I thought he was going to say, I thought it was going to be something technical there. I've been running, <laughs> I've been running about the garden. With, like, I was teaching my son, who's he's only uh, plays under eights for, for Killamath and uh, plays up front. And I've been teaching him how to like keep the ball away from defenders and things like that in the garden and things like that. And um We've had the dog running about with the football, chasing the football. And I said, "Oh, you'll never, you'll never get a better defender than the dog. The dog will always get there." And honestly, it's not a bad ploy. Get them all down to the bent. Get them all down to Benton. Chuck a yeah. few balls in, in a pen and see if the players can hold the pull the dogs off. Oh God! Uh, Tom says, "What's your prediction for Saturday, Liam? Go on, finish on a low." Uh, I don't know. It depends, Tom. What you want us to answer? Do you want us to answer my heart or my head? Um, my heart says that I think we'll go get something. Um, my head says I think we'll get beat 2-0. There you go. There's your answer, Tom. It's as simple as that. Liam, where can people find your work? Newcastle World. Just just check out this little link down here. Um, NewcastleWorld.com or on all social media. Give a follow. Follow um, Newcastle United writer in particular. If you love Newcastle United stuff, he's called Jordan Crone. He's off at the moment. He's had COVID. He's not been very well. Um, oh, get well soon, Jordan. Uh, he's been a bit washed out in his videos, his little transfer videos he's been doing. He's been looking more and more drained by the day. But he's had a couple of days off and hopefully he'll be fit and firing by the end of the week, ready to travel down Ellen Road um, with me. I'm hoping to be there as well. Um, but yeah, give a follow. And there's also excellent news writer, brilliant. So if you love anything lifestyle, you love anything news, crime, uh, give Toby Bryan, search him out on, on Twitter and give him a follow too. He's got less than a thousand followers at the minute. So it's trying to, it's, it's, it's the, the task to get, get him up to a thousand. So anybody who doesn't follow Toby Bryan, give him a follow. Good stuff. Liam, see you next week, mate. And uh, might, might see you down at Leeds. Take care, pal. Cheers.
myself again But if you